0: In the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul in the second chapter takes a few moments to reflect on his interaction with that church there at Thessalonica, reflecting on how he had ministered to those folks, reflecting on the pattern, the way that he had dealt with them, uh, alluding to ways in which he had been gentle with them and treated them as a mother would her child, uh, alluding to the outcome of his interaction with them, and that is their faith, which he commends, and, and so forth. Embedded in that chapter are a couple of verses that I think are pertinent to today that I'd like to focus on for just a few moments today. Verses 11 and 12 of chapter 2, we'll actually start at verse 10. The Apostle Paul says to that church a couple of thousand years ago and says to us today these words, You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. Paul and those who taught this new church that didn't know about Jesus Christ, who matured them. And then he says this, For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory, his kingdom and glory. Today is Father's Day, Father's Day, and today we come here to be thankful for Father's Now, Father's Day can encompass a lot of people who are father figures in our lives. Some of us, perhaps, our earthly father was passed on before we were very old. Um, I never knew my grandparents. They were all deceased before I was born. Uh, Some of us, uh, by situations not of our fault or whatever, we're in a situation where maybe we didn't have fathers that were with us all the time. But you know what? The Lord brought into our lives father figures. Uh, It might be an uncle or it might be a cousin or it might be a a, a friend or an adult role model who became sort of a father figure for us. And we come today to give thanks for all those people. We give thanks for biological dads and dads of all kinds that have through our lives, help to mold us and shape us and encourage us into what we are. We give thanks for granddads and great granddads today and their continuing influence and legacy in our lives. Ann Shorb, a Christian counselor, writes these words as she reflects on her dad. She says this, My dad was a remarkable man. Born and raised in poverty in the hills of Tennessee during the early 1900s, his spirit of adventure and commitment to work hard took him a long way. Although he only had a fourth grade education, he taught me some of life's greatest lessons. In my teenage years, he showed me how to check the oil in our 1966 Mustang. Man, do I wish I still could had that car. How to change a tire even how to jumpstart the other car that often refused to budge on its own. I learned how to paint, wallpaper, lay tile from a man who could figure out how to do just about anything. But he taught me more than just how to do things as he modeled patience, compassion, unconditional love. His sense of humor kept us laughing even in the hard times and the stories he would tell from his youth got bigger and better every time he told them. The lessons I remember most from my dad were these. Always keep your promises, work hard, and be proud of what you do. A good imagination is one of life's greatest gifts. Use it often and wisely. When faced with a problem, don't say it can't be done. Get busy and figure out a way to do it. Don't give up. You'll succeed if you just keep trying. You don't have to preach to teach people about the love of God. You can show them. Just a few days ago, I stood staring at his gravestone at the cemetery It seemed impossible that he's been gone 11 years because he's still so very much a part of my life. My brother and I were truly blessed. We'll always be grateful that we had a father who cared, who was sensitive to our needs, left us with lessons to guide us through life. I'm thankful for my dad. The words of Ann Shore. And today, as we think about dads, granddads, great-granddads, we think we have father figures in our life. Those who've been a father figure for us, we come with thankful hearts today. Thankful hearts on this Father's Day to specifically note that, to note that in our sermon today. Well, you know, Father's Day sort of gets the short end of the stick. Have you noticed that? Mother's Day, there's an awful lot of to-do about Mother's Day, and rightly so. In culture around us, Mother's Day is a big deal, and if you miss, mess up on Mother's Day, you're in the doghouse for a whole year, a whole year. You have to have especially knife gifts and cards and things of that nature and dinners and lunches and so forth, but when you forget Father's Day, well, that's sort of like forgetting to rotate your tires or not flossing your teeth after every meal. You know you ought to do it, but you forget about it sometimes. Well, you know, in our personal lives, that's the way it is sometimes. But in our churches, sometimes that's the way it is too. You know, we, we, we recognize Mother's Day, and I can remember years ago when I was growing up in the church, and many of you remember as a... You wore a certain uh, carnation or flower on your lapel, remember, in honor of your mom. And, and we would do things about the oldest living moms in our church and have all those kind of things. You remember those kind of things we did in years past. Quite rightly, Mother's Day, pastors passionately and powerfully preach and exalt those ladies who've been given the wonderful gift of helping to bring us into the world. And we thank God for them. We thank God for them. But when it comes around to Father's Day, a lot of times you don't even hear sermons about fathers on Father's Day. And a lot of times you hear sermons, but they're full of lament for the failings of fathers. And certainly we know those failings are there. But you know what? Today we come to talk about fathers And we come to understand what God calls us to be as fathers. Yes, we're thankful for fathers today. And as we think about that letter I read, some of you probably were thinking about some of the good things that perhaps your dad left in your life. And we're grateful for that if you've had that experience. And we thank God for that. But it can be a hard day for some, as we've already said. You know, it can be a hard day. I heard of a story not too long ago where a fellow recounted that what he remembered about his father was the negative impact that he had had on his life because that young man had heard these words most of his life, words that said, Son, you're a loser. You can't do anything right. You're always messing up. You're always going to be good for nothing. As that person went on and writing a letter to a radio station host, the letter continued saying this how the father seemed to take delight in making negative comments about him. And now, even though the father is long gone and the boy has grown into a grown man, and he works 24 7. That boy, who's now a grown man, finds his temper is short when people question his judgment. He makes unreasonable demands on his children. He knows all these things, but he seems to be incapable of escaping the grasp of that prediction his father made about him so many years ago that he'd always be a failure. Fathers can have profound impact for good and for bad. When we think about those of us who perhaps haven't had the most wonderful experience with a biological earthly father, we can take comfort in the fact that the Lord does bring into our lives people who can help us, help us by modeling the qualities that our fathers were called to do for us. John Piper, theologian, writer, offers this encouragement to those who might find themselves in that predicament today. He says, Listen, I want to make clear from the outset that the sadness many feel about never having a father like the good father that God calls us to be and that God describes. The sadness others may feel at never having been a father like what God calls us to be. That sadness can be swallowed up and overcome with joy because God, God offers his fatherhood to anyone who accepts the gift of adoption into the family of God by trusting in Jesus Christ, by being led by the Holy Spirit. God, God is our ultimate Father. God is the Father who doesn't let us down. God is the Father who's always consistent. People can be brought into our life through the body of Christ that God prompts to be there to help people as fathers when they don't have the chance for a father to be around. I remember another story I heard recently that goes like this. A seminary professor was vacationing in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. One morning, He and his wife went to breakfast at a little restaurant, hoping to enjoy a family meal, a quiet meal. While they were waiting on their food, they noticed a distinguished-looking, gray-haired man moving from table to table, visiting with the guests. The professor leaned over and said, I hope he doesn't come over here to our table. But sure enough, the old man came over to their table. He said, where are you folks from? Oklahoma, they said. Well, great to have you here in Tennessee. What do you do for a living? The professor said, I teach at a Christian seminary. Oh, so you teach preachers how to preach, do you? Well, I've got a really good story for you. And with that, the gentleman pulls up a chair to sit down at the table with the couple. The professor groans and thinks to himself, great, just what I need, another preacher story. That man started by saying, see that mountain over there? Not far from the base of that mountain, there was a boy born to an unwed mother. He had a hard time growing up because every place he went, he was always asked, Hey, boy, where's your father? Whether he was at school, in the grocery store, or the drugstore, people would ask the same question. He would hide at recess and lunchtime from other students. He would avoid going to stores because that question hurt him so much. But when he was about 12 years old, a new preacher came to his church. He would always go in late and slip out early to avoid hearing that question. But one day, the new preacher said the benediction so fast, the boy got caught and had to walk out with the crowd in the back. Just about time he got to the back door, the new preacher, not knowing anything about this young man, put his hand on his shoulder and said, son, where's your father? The whole church got deathly quiet. He could feel every eye in the church looking at him. Now everyone would finally know the answer to that question about where the young boy's dad was. But the new preacher sensed the situation. And using discernment that only the Holy Spirit could give, he said the following words to this scared little boy. He said, wait a minute. I know who you are. I see the family resemblance. You are a child of God. He's your father. And with that, he patted the boy on his shoulders and said, Boy, you've got a great inheritance in this life. You go claim it. The boy smiled for the first time in a long time and walked out the door as a changed person. He was never the same again. Whenever anyone asked him, Who's your father? He said, I'm a child of God. The distinguished gentleman got up from the table and said, Isn't that a great story? The professor said, It really is. And as the man turned to leave, he says, You know, if that new preacher hadn't told me I was one of God's children, I probably never would have amounted to anything. The seminary professor and his wife were stunned. He called the waitress over and said, Do you know that man who just left? who was sitting at our table. The waitress grinned and said, "'Of course, everybody knows him. "'That's Ben Hooper, "'former governor of the state of Tennessee.'" Imagine that. The impact that people can have, great, great impact that fathers can have. Those of us who've had biological fathers who have helped us and molded us and shaped us, we give thanks and praise for them today. And we with warm hearts think of the great things in our life that they've contributed. But for those of us who haven't had that chance in our life, God has brought into our life and can bring into our life people like he brought into the life of Ben Hooper, that little boy, scared and ashamed. And yet that preacher, through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, knew just the right words to say, And Ben Hooper went on to become the governor of the state of Tennessee. God calls us as fathers, as fathers, to do things that are important. In our scripture passage today, we're reminded that God urges fathers and says fathers are people that encourage. Fathers are people that comfort. Fathers are people that urge and, and, and testify. The Greek word actually talks about living out an example. And fathers do that. Fathers do that. When we think about the Old Testament and the New Testament and the context and so forth in that day and age, yes, in families, in families, the mother was in charge of the nurturing of the children. But, the, but, but in terms of teaching the kids moral instruction, it fell to the father. Responsible for the whole household, including any that might be working there or living there, extended family, extended family. And God calls us today to be reminded that he can use us today in whatever capacity we're in. I never had the joy of being an earthly father. And you say, well, how can you talk about being a father? Because I've experienced being a son of an earthly father because I've seen earthly fathers among you that have showed me what fathers are to be like, but ultimately because I can look at the scripture, God's word, which tells us what God calls fathers to be. God calls Christian fathers to be men of consistency and integrity and example. Children and young people that come into our sphere of influence, or growing up in a world where everything seems upside down, that used to be right side up, we don't know what to think. And particularly young people with, with the, seems like the situational ethics we seem in all kind of different situations, they don't know what to hold on to. And they need fathers. They need fathers. They need grandfathers. They need great-grandfathers who will show them the way who will encourage them, who will comfort them when they fail because they're going to fail at times. And you know and I know about those situations in life when that dad or that granddad or that father figure in your life spoke to you a measure of comfort during a time of your discouragement and despondency. The world needs an example of integrity, consistency, encouragement in fathers and that example should start in the church. Those who name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ should be the ones leading the way in terms of showing all those good qualities and we give thanks for Christian fathers and role models who do that in this day and in this time. It's those kind of people that people want to follow it's those kind of people that can make a difference and an impact on young lives. Many years ago, a teenage girl by the name of Ruth had to go away to school, and at that young age, she had, a great, she had no great ambition to be married that young. Even so, she, like many young ladies, gave thought as to the kind of man who would fit the bill someday. She wrote down, What she was going to be looking for in that man that would someday be her husband. She said, If I marry, he must be so tall that when he is on his knees, as one has said, he still reaches all the way to heaven. His shoulders must be broad enough to bear the burden of a family. His lips must be strong enough to smile, firm enough to say no, tender enough to kiss, Love must be so deep that it takes its stand in Christ and so wide that it takes the whole lost world in. He must be active enough to save souls and influence people for good. He must be big enough to be gentle and great enough to be thoughtful. His arms must be strong enough to carry a little child. That is what she said, and she did pretty good because that lady named Ruth was Ruth Bell who married Billy Graham. And Billy, by God's grace, has touched, did touch, so many lives throughout his life. And you know, that's what God calls Christian fathers to do, to touch lives for the better, to encourage, to comfort, to urge on, to give hope, to be the one that doesn't say you're a loser. No, you're the one who can become anything you aspire to be with God's help. And I'll be here to encourage you along the way. Christian fathers touch lives. And I pray today that those of us who are fathers and granddads and Great granddads and uncles and father figures in this room today might know that God calls us to a high calling to encourage and to show the way and to model in this world that needs so much consistency and authenticity, not just with our words, but with our actions. And I pray that God presents us with opportunities on this day as we're thankful for fathers To examine ourselves and pray that God will make us and shape us and mold us into the kind of fathers and father examples that the world will take notice of and say, that's good news.